Before we start, I just want to let everybody know that this podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Tigers. I am your host, Chris Castellani. It is Wednesday, November 25th, 2020, Thanksgiving Eve, final show of the week this week. Thank you very much for tuning in and sticking with me over the first, what is it now, several months? I mean, we're coming up on eight, nine months of Locked On Tigers here. Uh, pretty, pretty crazy how much time flies. I mean, 2020 has been an absolutely brutal year, but one of the main positives has been that it has allowed me to grow my audience with this podcast, and I really appreciate all the people who have continued to tune in. There is a little bit of baseball news to talk about today, some intriguing baseball news, including one legit signing by the Atlanta Braves. I'll talk about that in segment number two, but in segment number one, I'm going to start off by just mentioning some news that could become a huge story, and that is Randy Arozarena, who became a superstar this postseason. I mean, the greatest postseason of all time by a position player, quite possibly an all-time leader in home runs in a single postseason. He was an absolute maniac for the Tampa Bay Rays, and what what an ascension to, to start him. I mean, this was a guy who I'd brought up, and I, I like to think I know a fair amount about baseball, right? You know, I, I do a baseball podcast. This was a guy I had not heard of until the postseason this year, and he just set the world on fire. He was arrested yesterday for allegedly attempting to abduct his daughter. I'm I'm only going to bring this up and I'm going to wait for the facts to uh, unfold here because this is not some, you know, typical baseball story. That stuff I I feel confident in covering. This is a human story. It could involve a custody battle. I'm not completely sure, but I did want to bring it up because I do think it could be something that could end up being one of the stories of the of the offseason or it could end up being a nothing burger. I hope for his sake, for the sake of everyone involved in the story, and for the sake of baseball, I hope it turns out to be nothing. But I'm going to wait for some of the facts to come out, and then I'll probably talk about it a little bit more next week. But I did just want to bring that up. Randy Arozarena arrested yesterday. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss that in the coming days and weeks. Moving on, there was some news that broke yesterday that was later recanted. I believe it was Mark Feinstein who reported that the Houston Astros were listening to offers for Carlos Correa. Carlos Correa, obviously star, shortstop for the Strohs, been there forever, was one of their original draft picks in, the, in their kind of the long rebuild that they had, ultimately culminating in that World Series championship, a tainted World Series championship in 2017, had a, had a very good season this year and a tremendous postseason player as well. Rumor was that he was potentially looking to be shopped. Ken Rosenthal came in a couple hours later after confirming that report, then recanted it and said, no, the Astros aren't listening to offers. So I don't know what to believe, but I'm going to run with this idea because when I first heard this, I said, why? This this is very odd to me. Last year, contract season, the Astros championship window, while starting to close, is still open. I mean, this was a team that was a game away from making it to the World Series last year. Obviously, fluky circumstances. They were under 500 in the regular season, but I think even their biggest naysayers w- would note that how they performed in the postseason is more indicative of how talented that baseball team really is. When I first heard this, I said this is an insane idea, but the more I thought about it, the more I tried to put myself in the position that the Houston Astros are in right now, and it made a little bit more sense because I personally thought that they were going to try their damnedest 
damnedest, 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 whatever. They were going to try hard to re-sign Carlos Correa. Obviously, this is his last year. This is going to be a contract season for him. I thought they were going to try to extend him this offseason. They extended Altuve several years ago. They got Bregman locked up long-term. They're going to lose George Springer most likely this offseason. I think they're going to try to re-sign Michael Brantley. Justin Verlander obviously will be out this season as he recovers from Tommy John. Zach Greinke still effective, but you know, nearing the in the twilight of his career, Lance McCullers, another key piece to that World Series run in 2017, I think is pretty close to being a free agent as well. So the window is still open, but it is starting to close. But when you look at how the Astros built their championship teams from 2017 to 2019 when they were at their most competitive, I mean, they were pretty darn competitive this year as well, but I'm talking about when they were winning 100 games or more each of those seasons, their core was built through the draft. It was built through their farm system. And this is a farm system that has been absolutely depleted over the last several seasons. And it is kind of the natural flow of things. It was a team that got really competitive. They had this great farm system. All those guys got to the major leagues and then they started to make some trades. And the Grinky trade really did a lot of damage to their farm system. They traded some of their highest rated prospects. And, and again, I'm making that trade 10 times out of 10. I know some people say, oh man, I can't believe they did that. They gutted their farm. They went for a championship when they had a championship opportunity. They came up short, but I still think they made the right move. But but not only do they have a depleted farm system, but they're probably going to for several more years. Now, the Astros are great at developing talent. They have been. We saw it on full display this year. They were taking some guys out of that bullpen that no one had even heard of. I mean, rookie pitchers and they were pitching some legitimate baseball in the postseason. I mean, Brett Strom being a, a master of a pitching coach is, I think, one of the big reasons for that. But they call these guys up, and they seem ready for the major leagues the second uh, they see a major league ball field. They do really an incredible job of churning out talent. But a lot of that legitimate talent has been first or second round draft picks. Now, there's been a few guys that they hit on who are later picks, but the reason why I think a Correa trade makes more sense than I initially thought is because they do not have a first or second round draft pick in either of the next two drafts. Now, that's their own fault. They cheated, they got busted for it, and it's going to end up damaging their farm system for the next several years. So who can you trade right now that could help you rebuild your farm system while also being competitive at the major league level. Well, you're not going to trade Altuve. You got him locked up long-term. You're not going to trade Alex Bregman. You got him locked up long-term. Springer's out the door, brought up Brantley, brought the other guys up. The one guy who you could potentially trade, get maybe one or two top 100 prospects for, and then potentially re-sign after his contract expires at the end of this season would be Carlos Correa. Because I think Carlos Correa wants to be a Houston Astro. I think his identity is kind of woven into the fabric of that DNA. I don't see him really wanting to go anywhere unless, of course, he ends up getting shipped. But I could see them having a conversation with him and saying, hey, look, we're going to trade you this year to a contender go somewhere, win a ring, and then at the end of this season, we're going to give you a call and we're going to try to re-sign you for a long-term contract. Now, that has happened before. I feel the the prime example to me, I remember when the Red Sox traded John Lester in the middle of the 2014 season. A lot of people said, oh, he loves Boston. He'll re-sign in Boston. No way he's going anywhere else. He loves it here. This is his home. And it didn't work out. He ends up going to the Cubs. The Red Sox eventually bounced back, but when they lost Lester at the end of the 2014 season, or actually the, in the 2014 offseason, to the Cubs, the Red Sox had the worst rotation in baseball in 2015. I'm sure guys 
have the intention of re-signing back with their old club once they leave, but often that isn't the case. Like, I remember people made that argument with Verlander and Scherz. They're like, oh, oh I'm sure they're going to come back to Detroit. They love Detroit. They say they love Detroit. They say they'll never leave. Yeah, but the, the second you see a dump truck full of gold, a, a lot of that stuff changes. So this is a potentially intriguing story. It's weird to me that it was recanted so quickly. The Astros said, oh, no, we're, we're not doing that. But I, I wonder how the story leaked in the first place. I think this is a potential thing. Uh, it, this makes more sense than I initially thought. The Astros put themselves in a difficult position because of the cheating scandal. Farm system's completely shot. They're going to have to make some moves here so that they can continue to be competitive at the major league level, but also rebuild their farm system a little bit. And trading Correa may be the best possible way of rebuilding a system that has become so depleted. All right, so that will do it for segment one. When I return, I'm going to talk about a signing that went down yesterday. One of the big free agent pitchers on the market signed with the Atlanta Braves. Who was it? We'll talk about it in segment number two. The improved Built Bar is even more deliciouser. 18 amazing flavors, six new flavors, 12 other original flavors. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And Built Bars are healthy. Built Bar is great for the health conscientious guy or girl. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Locked on Tigers will be off tomorrow and Friday for the long Thanksgiving weekend, but we will return on Monday and we will be talking about all kinds of Tigers news, free agent news, what's going down this offseason, and how does it impact the boys in the old English D. Please tune in and listen Monday through Friday, Locked on Tigers for the Locked on Podcasting Network. And we are back. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Final segment of the week. I will be taking the next two days off, enjoying a nice long Thanksgiving weekend. But there was a signing yesterday that went down, and, and a darn good one, an intriguing one. Charlie Morton, who just spent the last two years with the Tampa Bay Rays, where he helped lead them to the World Series this year, finished third for the Cy Young in 2019 as well. His option did not get picked up by the Tampa Bay Rays. A lot of people were surprised by that. And under normal circumstances, I guess I would have been too. But the Tampa Bay Rays are, look, they do a lot of things right, but their ownership is so cheap. They have the capability to spend money. They just kind of choose not to. And they didn't pick up Charlie Morton's option. A phenomenal two-year deal. I mean, won him, what, five postseason games. He was great for them. That was a tremendous signing, and he carried over what he had learned under Brett Strom in Houston, where he'd been so effective for them, helping them win a World Series in 2017. But he he officially hit the free agent market, and a lot of people were wondering, where's he going to go? Is he going to retire? Is he going to sign back in Houston? Uh, you felt like Charlie Morton had one more year left in him. I mean, he might have more, but I think psychologically, I think he wants to pitch one more season, and he signed yesterday a one year $15 million deal with the Atlanta Braves, the team that he made his major league debut for back in 2008. Sentimental favorite. I thought maybe he'd go back to Houston. I I thought that would make a lot of sense. They loved him in Houston, pitched some great baseball for them in the postseason that year, winning pitcher in Game 7 of the ALCS, came out of the bullpen and was absolutely dynamite in Game 7 of the World Series that year. He's a hero in Houston. I thought he might go back there. 
I also thought there was a legitimate possibility that he could go to Detroit. Back with A.J. Hinch reuniting with his former manager, it would probably only be a one-year deal, which is something Alavila loves handing out. I didn't think it was a likelihood, but I thought it was a possibility. This one in Atlanta makes a ton of sense. I think Charlie Morton wants to win another World Series, and he could do that in Atlanta. Gut reaction to this? Great signing. A phenomenal signing. And Atlanta's been weirdly cheap when it comes to their starting pitching in the past, but I think they're starting to open up the checkbook a little bit. They signed Drew Smiley to a one-year $11 million deal, which didn't make a lot of sense to me. And I look, it's I said the same thing in 2016 when the Astros signed Charlie Morton. I said, why are you getting this like lifetime sinker baller, like not a hard thrower, just kind of mediocre, below average starter to fill a five-man rotation? He went to Houston, gained five miles per hour in velocity and became one of the better pitchers in baseball. Maybe we'll see that from Drew Smiley in Atlanta. I kind of have serious doubts that a guy who made five starts a season ago is going to fill a rotation spot. But hey, we see saw an uptick in fastball velocity last year. Maybe Maybe they found something that I don't see. I think this is a great signing for Atlanta. I think it's a low-risk, high-reward deal. Atlanta did an amazing job last year of navigating through the devastating pitching injuries that they had to deal with. And some of it was just injuries and some of it was just poor performance, like Mike Fultonavich falling off the face of the earth was something no one expected. Felix Hernandez opted out because of COVID. I don't think he would have given them much anyway. You had Mike Soroka tearing his Achilles early on in the season. Cole Hamels, who I still think is capable of pitching some pretty good baseball, didn't pitch a single game for them because of injuries. And yet, they were still as dominant as any other team in the postseason when it came to starting pitching. I mean, they pitched, what, like three, four shutouts, including three in a row at one point. I mean, it was really an incredible run that they went on, but we saw by the time you got to the tail end of the NLCS, that wasn't quite sustainable. They didn't quite have the horses. They didn't quite have the experience in that starting rotation to be able to carry them to the finish line. Adding a guy like Morton gives you that veteran leadership. It gives you that experience, but more importantly, it gives you a guy who can take the ball and give you six, seven innings a night. Charlie Morton is a legitimate pitcher. I don't know if he's that ace anymore. He didn't have a great regular season. I'm still under the belief that the Braves probably need one more dominant starter to really get them over the hump and be a team that could beat the Dodgers. But with that said, they came pretty darn close to doing it this year and they had a a whole plethora of injuries that they, they had to deal with. So maybe I am wrong. Maybe Morton will be the signing that can get them over the top and get them to the World Series. A great job by Atlanta. They went out, they poached one of the best starting pitchers on the market. I think Morton wanted to play there. He wanted to return to where it all began with him. That signing makes a lot of sense for both sides. I like Charlie Morton. He's one of my favorite pitchers to watch. I think his arc has been really remarkable. Talking about back-end deals, I mean, this is a guy who's probably made 95% of his life's earnings in the last three years. I mean, it's pretty rare that a pitcher in his mid-30s all of a sudden starts peaking with a 98-mile-per-hour fastball and pitches the best baseball of his career. It's been a really remarkable story, and I look forward to seeing him pitch in Atlanta with that young core that they got there, a core that came so close to getting over the hump and making it to the World Series a year ago. A good signing for the Braves. So that will do it for today's show, and that will do it for this week's worth of shows. You can follow me on Twitter at Castellani2014. That's at C-A-S-T-E-L-L-A-N-I-2014. I'll continue to be pretty quiet on the Twittersphere, just posting my Michigan post game 
videos, all the other news I'll be talking about on my podcast. Quite frankly, Twitter is an exhausting place, so I don't really have much intention of sending a lot of tweets right now, but you can still follow me there. I have a lot of content in terms of my videos. I will be reviewing movies again at some point. The link to my YouTube channel is in my bio on Twitter. You can follow this show on Twitter as well, at Locked on Tigers. While you're at it, go to Apple Podcasts, go to iTunes, leave a written five-star Thanksgiving-themed review on iTunes. It would be much, much appreciated. Gotten several more recently. means a lot to know that you guys enjoy what I do. And also, I I thank you to the people who've criticized me. Honestly, I've read a lot of the criticisms and I'm trying to adjust on the fly. uh, the, The reviews that do nothing for me are the ones that say, this guy just sucks. I hate him. I wish he would die. Those do nothing for me. But the actual constructive criticism, I'm working on improving with every single podcast and I hope I'm putting out the best product possible. Thank you very much for listening, everybody. Have a happy, safe Thanksgiving. It's been a very treacherous year, tumultuous times. Just relax, eat a lot of turkey, watch a lot of sports, and enjoy yourself. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thank you very much for tuning in. I will see you on Monday. Happy Thanksgiving, and go Tigers.